and welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom. Coming up on the show, do you have what it takes to achieve your goals, your dreams, pursue your passions? If not, why not? What's holding you back? And perhaps maybe we can help you with some tips that might be able to push you towards your passion. So recently I went on a road trip and ended up in Nashville, Tennessee. Perhaps you've been there, maybe not. If you've been there, then you probably formed your own opinion of the town, and that's a good thing. And if you haven't and you've heard other people recommend or maybe not recommend, I guess it just depends on what your interest is. If you're somebody that likes to just sit back and listen to some music, then it might be a place to check out. If you're someone who really likes to see the sights, not too many sights to be seen. Country Music Hall of Fame, Grand Old Opry, the Ryman Auditorium. If you're a Civil War history buff, a lot of things to go do and see. Historical battlefields and other places that are historical in the area. But as I was there, one of the things I like to do in general is just sit back and listen to live music. So if you go downtown Broadway in Nashville, it's club after club after club after club of musicians trying to make it big. You've got clubs like Jason Aldean. You've got Dirks Bentley. I think Luke Combs or Luke Bryant, one of the Lukes, has one. You've got Margaritaville. You've got uh, Honky Talk Central. You've got all different kinds of places. You've got uh, Alan Jackson has a place there. And each level, some of them three, four levels high, and the rooftop on top with an open bar has a musician or somebody, either a solo artist or maybe a band, performing. So you're looking at up and down Broadway, as many clubs as there are times four. There's a lot of people chasing their dreams, taking their passion, making it happen, or at least trying to, trying to let themselves be great. And I'm sitting back there and listening to some music. It was hot. It was humid. So the clubs were a natural fit with the air conditioning, cool beverage. And then what I like to do is see which musical act, call it that, is the best, and then hang out there. And the sets went for a while. So if you found a good spot then, and you had some good music, then you could sit for a little bit. And the first day was Jason Aldean's bar, and there was some good music playing. It was like a trio, a drummer and two guitarists. And then the next day it was uh, Tequila Cowboys or Cowboy Tequila. And there was uh, two guys, guitarists, back and forth. And it was fun to just sit there and listen to some music. And as you're watching these singers and bands perform, and if you're really paying attention to them, they give you some insight into what they go through. One of them mentioned that they don't get paid for what they do. It's all on tips. So if you wanted to request a song, you could give them a tip, either in the tip bucket or they had their QR codes where you can pay them virtually and request a song virtually. And they're out there doing their thing. 
and they're doing it because they love music. Naturally, they want to become a superstar or at least do something in the business. And so they're out there performing. It could be at night. It could be during the day. Maybe they do a couple gigs throughout the week, maybe more. Probably work a, a day or night job, depending on what they're doing when they're performing. Trying to fit in, rent money, pay the bills. And as you're watching this, you start to realize the commitment level that these artists have. The level that, maybe the level of drive that they have in them, pushing them to continue to do this day in, day out, night in, night out. Maybe their schedules aren't even set Like you have a nine to five job, so you're able to set your schedule for your days and your weeks and then your weekends off to go have fun. But maybe these artists are sitting there with a a life that they can't even set because their schedule's so different. Like going to, if you're in Los Angeles and you've got all these waiters and waitresses, wannabe actors, and they have to wait tables so they can go on auditions during the day, right? Be available to go on auditions, on calls, and then... They have to have a job to pay the bills, and so they wait tables because it's flexible. And that's what the the thought was behind these artists that are out there on Broadway in Nashville. Another place I stopped by, because you have to when you go to Nashville, is the the Bluebird Cafe. The Bluebird Cafe is a place where a lot of artists got their start. It's a little nondescript cafe in a strip mall, and it's just... On the outside, just says Bluebird Cafe on the blue awning. And inside, maybe 100 people can fit in there. And that's where, at least back in the day, all the magic happened. That's where people would go to get discovered, especially songwriters and and people that wanted to get their music out there. And the Bluebird Cafe isn't necessarily about, or at least it wasn't, about the performance. It was about the song. It was about the music. It didn't matter what you look like. It didn't matter where you came from. It didn't matter anything. It was all about the song, and everybody there was there for the song, the music, what was being played. And there'd be people coming from all over trying to get their music heard at the Bluebird Cafe. A lot of famous people, Garth Brooks for one, Taylor Swift, perhaps you've heard of her, Dirks Bentley, Keith Urban, Go back a few years, Bonnie Raitt, Vince Gill, all discovered at the Bluebird Cafe. In fact, there's a a great story where Garth Brooks, if you watch his documentary, I guess it's his most recent one. If you watch his documentary, he talks about going to Nashville for the first time and thought everything was just going to fall into place and he'd be a superstar. Didn't work out. Went back to Stillwater, Oklahoma. Eventually went back to Nashville a second time and was a little more prepared for for what to expect, and then he's going through the grind. Well, I guess one night, I've heard two different versions of it. Um, I think Garth explains it, that he was there that night, going to perform late in the set. And then another person, who I think is a part of the uh, Bluebird Cafe, maybe owner or manager, said he wasn't even there that night. But whatever the case may be, he's not supposed to be performing in the prime time of the Bluebird Cafe. And so somebody's a no-show. Sick, can't make it. So somehow word gets to Garth Brooks that they want him to perform in that slot. Now, unbeknownst to him, 
that there was a representative from Capitol Records there that night. And I think, as the story goes, the person was there to see the Capitol Records representative was there to see the person that eventually became a no-show. And instead, they saw Garth Brooks. He performed, and that night was offered a record deal with Capitol Records. Which brings me to the point that I bring up often on this show is, if you are ready to audition, interview, your dream job is there waiting for you, and you have an opportunity to get it, will you be ready? I would ask my students, my radio broadcasting students this, if your dream job was available, would you be ready to audition for it? And if not, why not? And if not, when? Here, Garth Brooks was ready, and audition opening presented itself an opportunity, and he took it, and the rest, as they say, is history. And when you think about it, too, sure, there's talent, there's hard work, there's a little bit of luck in there as well. It all has to come together, right? But again, are you ready for that opportunity? And as I'm sitting there on Broadway in these uh, clubs listening to these musicians, and a lot of them are doing cover tunes. They might play some original, but they're playing their cover tunes because the people there want to hear the hits, hear the songs that they know. And you think about the origins of where people came from. I'm sure a lot of people in country music flocked from all over. If you were old enough to remember and lived in Los Angeles or the West Coast, KYMS was a Christian radio station that played a lot of Christian music. Eventually, Christian music left the West Coast and went to Nashville. Country was already in Nashville. So Nashville kind of became the music center. That's why it's Music City, right? Got the Music City Bowl, if you follow college football. But you take a look at some of these people and where they come from and what they do and what they go through, the passion, the drive, the motivation to keep them going. Kind of reminds me back in the 1980s, if you're old enough to remember the Sunset Strip with the hair bands. You had places like the Whiskey A Go-Go, uh, the Roxy, Gazzari's, which isn't there anymore, was the key club, and now I think it's something else. Uh, the Troubadour and others up and down the Sunset Strip where artists, groups like Van Halen, Motley Crue, Poison, Guns N' Roses, some of the big names from the 80s cut their teeth in music, passing out flyers, pay per play. They had to sell tickets in order to play in these clubs, and they were out there on the streets. You couldn't walk up and down Sunset Boulevard, especially in the late 80s, without like a myriad of long-haired dudes handing out flyers trying to get you to come to their show. And that was their drive. They wanted to be discovered. They wanted to be seen. And they'd do whatever it takes to get you into their show, hoping that maybe a record executive, there'd be a buzz, right? People would listen, go tell their friends, there'd be a little buzz about this group, and then all of a sudden a music or record executive might come out and check you out. And you think back to even the Sunset Strip, probably more iconic than even Broadway in Nashville, going back to the 60s when you had bands like The Doors and Led Zeppelin, Frank Zappa and some of those old-time classics playing. And again, back then, The Drive, people chasing their dreams. Another street, well, I guess it was at the time, 
jazz-focused, but Bourbon Street in New Orleans went there a couple years ago. I guess it's been about four years now. And the idea was to go listen to some jazz and listen to some blues. But then you walk up and down Bourbon Street, and it pretty much became this tourist attraction, maybe. Sure, there's clubs, and there's bands playing, and people are playing, the music is playing, the uh, beverages are flowing. And I'm sure there's people there trying to also make it. But I got the sense that maybe they weren't there trying to be discovered. They were there trying to last, trying to survive, playing in front of live people, making a few bucks off the tips. And then you had to, I found out, go off Bourbon Street, down and around some corners to find where the jazz clubs were, the blues clubs, and people like that. And there was a sense of they're still trying to make it Um, because New Orleans has a big jazz and blues kind of feel to it, right? But these rock bands, there was even a country bar there, and country musicians coming. didn't seem like at that particular point they were still trying to make it. It seemed like they were still trying to survive. But the point was it didn't matter if you're on Broadway in Nashville, an up-and-coming artist trying to make it, or if you've been around the block a few times and you end up in a place like Bourbon Street just trying to last. That passion, that drive to continue to play, continue to play, continue to play, no matter what it is. And then Beale Street in Memphis, something even a little different with the clubs there and people playing different kinds of music. Again, more blues and jazz. But again, people just trying to do whatever, whatever, whatever they can to keep playing music in front of people. Keep taking their passion and making it happen. I got to play a couple gigs, not much, back in the, the younger days of my life and you can see where people you know music I thought was something that would be a part of me but it wasn't as a musician it was in other capacities like a radio DJ but playing in front of people got to do it a couple times in a band and you can feel the energy when the when the crowd is right and you can feel that people are really into it and then you can feel that energy and you can see how it's addicting that people want to be able to play play, 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 and they'll do whatever they can. And oftentimes, unlike sports, you know, sports, people do the same thing. They go and they bounce around from town to town in the minor leagues to keep playing. But at some point when it comes to athletics, you're going to have to give it up because the game will pass you by one way or another. You're too old. You get hurt. Too slow. Whatever the case may be, at some point, you're going to have to hang it up competitively. You'll probably still play recreationally, play in park and rec leagues, pick up games. But these musicians, no matter who they are, they're playing and they want to continue to play for as long as they can. And so you take a look at some of these people that come from all over. And I was reading an article about the Bluebird Cafe, and it's a couple years old, but people from the Bluebird Cafe being quoted as, you know, moms, dads, grandparents, people coming because, not because they want to be this big famous rock star, but maybe they have a song or two that they've written and they want to perform it hoping that somebody will pick up that song. They become a songwriter. Or they have a song that they want to get out there. Or maybe they want to become a songwriter but they don't want the glitz and glam of touring and all that, which isn't also glitzy and glamoury, if you know. 
And you hear these different stories of people coming, but it's these people taking a chance and trying. And whether or not they succeed, sometimes, like we say, it's fate. Sometimes it's chance or luck. And sometimes maybe it just doesn't work out. But at least they're taking a shot at it. They're trying. They're going out there and they're doing what they love. And then the stories they have to tell. Imagine being able to get up in the Bluebird Cafe or a number of clubs across the country from Bourbon to Beale to Broadway and play in front of people and have people admire your music for a moment or maybe a longer period of time. And to be able to showcase your talent for others to enjoy. Now, the people I was uh, watching, I had no idea who they were. Never heard of them before, obviously. But that didn't mean I couldn't enjoy their talents. I couldn't enjoy their abilities. And I've talked about it before. If you have, an, if you have a talent and you have an ability to do something, but you don't put it out there for whatever reason, but you don't put it out there, Think of it this way. You're depriving somebody else the potential for some enjoyment, something good. We never know how people are going to accept what we put out there, especially if it's something that universally we could call good. Obviously, there's some things that people put out there, and universally it's rejected. That's just what it is. But if you're out there writing a song, trying to get into country music, if you're out there just performing, how many times do you stop in these various places and you have street performers? Fremont experience in Las Vegas, right? Whole nother world. A lot of different street performers, artists, painters, all different kinds of things going on there. And some of them, really talented. I've seen a lot of paintings. Uh, was a spray can artists. I guess back in the day, they might be graffiti artists tagging up buildings and bridges, but now they're on Fremont Street in Vegas painting these pictures. You could hand them a picture of something and they'd spray paint it on a canvas and make it look pretty good. Talent. And then people just gathered around watching the different performers or maybe even the stages on Fremont Street, or maybe even the people screaming as they zip line overhead. But it's about taking the chance and getting out there and actually doing it, not being afraid to step up. Because would you rather have tried and failed than never to have tried at all? Immediately, a lot of people are going to say, no, I'd rather not try at all than fail. But we have this negative mindset that tells us that we're going to fail. We're not going to make it. Something bad is going to happen. We don't focus on the what if we do it, something good might happen. Something that we don't expect could take place. I think that's uh, how it is a lot of times if you think of karaoke. I think of a New Orleans on Bourbon Street. There's the Cat's Meow. Then in Vegas, there's the Cat's Meow on Fremont Street. And you see a lot of people going up there and they'll sing and a lot of them have no hesitations, no reservations about getting up there. And then there's a few that are bashful that get up there and try it. But in the end, everybody there is just having fun. And the key is if you want to try to do karaoke, do it late when everybody's been drinking 
then you sound great. If you're one of the first ones, people haven't been drinking, might be a different story. It's all about opportunity and timing. But you take a look at some of these, uh, again, these people, and they're going out there and they're doing it. There's this documentary on, I don't know, one of those video hosting services. It's called Hired Guns. It's about studio musicians. Now, these are uh, musicians that might not be famous. You might not even know their names. You might think that when you listen to a record that the band, the members of the band, recorded it. But oftentimes, these studio musicians would come in, and they might play a whole song, a portion of the song, maybe create the whole album. Because they're the best of the best for many reasons. And it's, again, hired guns if you want to check it out. But they're talking about these studio musicians. Some of them might be a part of a band for a little while. They bounce around from band to band because you need a guitarist or you need a bassist. And this person's on tour. And then the tour ends. And then you need to go find another job because another band needs a, a bassist. So then you join that band. And so you're just bouncing around from artist to artist, band to band, record to record, project to project, just trying to make ends meet. And the whole idea behind it is, again, you want as a musician, such as Billy Joel, he's showcased in this, Uh, Metallica, Pink, like I mentioned, Billy Joel, even mentioned Michael Jackson, Alice Cooper. Those are some of the big names that are kind of featured in this documentary. And they're talking about how valuable these studio musicians are. And some of these studio musicians, when you listen to it, they want to be big stars. Others don't want to be big stars. They just want to be able to play. And then some that aren't the big stars but a part of a band and get to go on tour, they talk about what it's like to be in the front row, essence, uh, um, essentially, of these tours because you're there playing the drums and you get to see it all unfold in front of you. But when they talk about it, you can hear that passion in their voice about it, that even though they might not be making the billions, some of them do make good money. Even though they might not be making the billions, might not be famous, people might not know who they are. In fact, I think the only one I knew was Phil X, a guitarist, because he played with Bon Jovi. That's the only reason why I knew Phil X. But the others, I really didn't know. But they were excited about what they did and the projects that they worked on. And then there's Ray Parker Jr., most famously known as uh, Ghostbusters. He had an opportunity. Apparently, Ivan Reitman wanted the song to have the word Ghostbusters in it. And the music world tried and tried and tried and couldn't get it done. So somebody calls up Ray Parker Jr., who has kind of been the studio musician type, kind of been in the background of a lot of things, maybe writing for other people, maybe playing for other people, backup vocals, Nobody knew who this guy was in the mainstream until he wrote Ghostbusters. And he was able to take that Ghostbusters and put it in a song. Ivan Reitman loved it. Boom. He's got a hit that everyone remembers. A lot of musicians, famous musicians, have come and gone and nobody remembers them, right? But you remember these one-hit wonders? These one-hit wonders that get dismissed as the band's, oh, it's a one-hit wonder. Maybe it's better to have a one-hit wonder than to have a string of hits and nobody remember you. But they're the best of the best, and they're just out there. But here's the point I was trying to make. Okay, so when you have these studio musicians, you're talking about athletes. So athletes, at some point, your time is done playing. So maybe you become a coach, maybe go into broadcasting, do something to kind of stay close to your passion, right? But these musicians are 
60s, 70s, still playing. I think uh, Def Leppard, Motley Crue, Poison, I mentioned them from the, the 80s on the Sunset Strip. I think they're still touring. A lot of country musicians that got their start at the Bluebird Cafe. Alan Jackson, George Strait, Vince Gill, some of these others still popping up here and there. Performing. Garth Brooks still performing. It's because they got that drive in them. It's, it's a greatness in them that they have to achieve, and it's ongoing. I mean, you think about Garth Brooks still putting out music, right? You think about, how about this example? You had uh, Tiger Woods. At one point, Tiger Woods was the premier golf player, best of the best, top shelf golfer. Well, at the peak of his success, he goes back and he tweaks his putt game, his swing. He's working on his craft. Why? Because he wants to get even better. He's the best of the best, and he wants to get better because there's a drive in him. There's a drive in him that's pushing him to achieve greatness. And so you might ask yourself then, what is greatness? How would you define greatness? And many people, I play clips all the time about greatness and stuff, but here's Kobe Bryant reflecting on what greatness meant to him. I think the definition of greatness is to inspire the people next to you. I think that's what greatness is or should be. It's not something that's, that, that lives and dies with one person. It's how can you inspire a person to then in turn inspire another person that then inspires another person. And that's how you create something that I think lasts forever. Yeah. And uh, I think that's our challenge as people, is to, um, is to figure out how our story can impact others and mm-hmm. motivate them in a way to create their own greatness. So he's talking about inspiring the next person, inspiring, inspiring, inspiring. Then that person inspires another person. Then that person inspires another person and so on and so on. Like that old, what, Pantene commercial? And when you look at musicians... Musicians talk about other musicians, maybe more established musicians, that inspire them. Guitarists, drummers, people they emulate in their playing style. I mean, you think of the late, great Eddie Van Halen and his playing style and some of these musicians. And they, get, they, they are inspiring the younger generation of guitarists, bassist, drummer. And then it goes from there. It goes from there. It goes from there. It's almost the epitome of inspiration. And I find it fascinating that oftentimes the music world, and I can see why, has this negative effect or a negative view, right? You've got people with long hair. You've got people doing drugs. You've got people doing all kinds of stunts. Think of Ozzy Osbourne. And so it gets a bad rep, bad rap. But you look at the talent of these people and the passion and what they're going after. And it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing to watch and to see what they're actually doing. And then when you talk about it too, there's a lot of people that talk about the cost of greatness. You think about people moving. When I started my broadcasting career, my initial cost was leaving home, leaving Los Angeles, place I grew up. 
head off to a small town in northwest Iowa that I didn't even know existed because I wanted to be on the radio. Chasing that dream. Chasing that passion. Now, was the cost great? Was it sacrificial? Probably not sacrificial, but there was a lot. A lot of friends I left behind, went to a strange place, didn't know anybody, a small town, didn't even know existed, had to make some, everything you do is on your own until you start meeting people, decisions that you have to make on the spot or on your own, bought a car for the first time on my own, found a place to live on my own for the first time, and you start to put all this together. And that was something that I had to do, figure out to grow up quick. I had to become an adult big time, quick, just got out of college, graduated college. Now, that might not be a great cost, but for me, it was change. Maybe you don't like change. Maybe change is something that is a bad thing. But I had to go through this change, different lifestyle, different place of living, different group of people. And so then you have others that move to Nashville, move to New Orleans, move to Beale Street, chasing their passion. How many times have we heard the age-old analogies of people leaving small-town Kansas and ending up in L.A. because they want to be a movie star, because the lights of those Hollywood nights draw them in, and then they end up going back because it wasn't like it was on TV or the big screen. So there is a cost. So what might those costs be? So you have a passion. You want to chase it. You should. But keep in mind, there is some realistic expectations that you need to have. First of all, you have to determine the cost. There is a price to be paid. You talk to all these musicians. In fact, I think in um, Hired Guns, the documentary, the dude from Metallica, Newstead, has a clip in there where he's talking about the mental health. You have these record label executives and all these other people pushing you to stay out on the road, another tour, another road trip, another stop on the way, pushing you, pushing you, pushing you, trying to get everything out of you, every last nickel and dime and penny even, and yet they're not concerned about their welfare, their mental state. He talks about they never talk about taking a break. You're on the road for 16 months, world tour, but you can't go home to see your family, see your mom. You can't go home to have a home-cooked meal. Mental health starts to take its toll. You're an addict. They feed the addiction because they want you on the road. Now, things have changed. Times have changed, but you know that's what it was when he was going through Metallica. Part of the reason why he left. Now, that might not be your price to pay, but maybe it's time. When I went to Iowa, I left everybody behind. Mom, dad, family, everybody behind. And then I had to work every single holiday. As I'm going through my radio career, every single holiday, any hour of the day, I've worked them all. You never know when a show is going to get canceled or a station sells. Become Spanish language. You don't speak Spanish, you're out. Or a pandemic hits and kills everything. So there's a lot of things you have to be aware of, that there's going to be a price to pay. Keep in mind, too, the greater the vision, the higher the price you might have to pay. Now, the price 
that you pay, regardless of what it is, might not be a bad thing. You buy a fancy car, you're paying the price, but maybe it's worth it. Eat at a fancy meal, at a fancy restaurant, maybe it's a little pricey, but it was worth it. I can think in uh, New Orleans, for example, Oceana, a restaurant. Mmm, good eats. A little on the pricier side, but you know what? I remember those meals, and that was like, what, four or five years ago? Four years ago. So it's okay sometimes to have a price to be paid. But you want to ask yourself, if this is what I really want, am I willing to pay the price? And if you say yes, go for it. Another thing, guitarists. I had a few friends that played the guitar. I'd go over to their house, especially high school, maybe early college. All they do is sit there and play the guitar for hours and hours and hours and hours. Hey, do you want to go do something? I want to play my guitar. Passion, obsession. That's what they were with their guitar. All they wanted to do was sit and play the guitar. Sometimes it might, might have been unhealthy, at least at that age. But again, that was their obsession to play, right? And that's what you have to do. You have to almost become obsessed with a passion or a vision Because if you don't have that drive, that obsession, so to speak, in you, you're probably not going to get it. I know a lot of people that wanted to be in radio. I taught a lot of students that wanted to be in radio. And they even told me, yes, I've got the drive. Yes. And I'll tell them, this is what you got to do. Work weekends. You've got to work nights. You got to give up going out with your friends. Um, The job comes first. All these different sacrifices. And they would be, yes, yes, yes. And then when the time came to, let's say, maybe do a broadcast on a Saturday night for the college even, no. They'd rather be partying with their friends. They want to do a podcast. So we get them all set up. They'd do the first one, then the second one, and they were committed to one every week. And then they'd miss a week, and then another, and then another, and they'd disappear. They have the passion. They have the obsession to do it. How big is your obsession? I've heard some people say that it's a maniacal obsession to get things done if you have a big dream. I'll let you decide how maniacal you want to be. But obsession, a lot of people say, isn't a a prerequisite for greatness. It's essential to accomplish great things. You have to be obsessed. How obsessed must we be? Well, let's go back to Kobe Bryant as he talks about training and what his training schedule was like and how he compared training to maybe how others trained and where it got him. If, if, if your job is to try to be the best basketball player you can be, mm-hmm. right? to do that, you have to practice, you have to train. Right? You want to train as much as you can, as often as you can. So if you get up at 10 in the morning, train at 11, right? 12, say 12, train at 12, train for two hours, 12 to 2. Um, you have to let your body recover, so you eat, recover, whatever, you get back out, you train, start training again at 6. Train from 6 to 8, right? And now you go home, you shower, you eat dinner, you go to bed, you wake up, you do it again, right? Those are two sessions, right? Now imagine you wake up at 3, you train at 4. You go 4 to 6, come home, breakfast, relax, so, so, blah, blah, blah. Now you're back at it again, 9 to 11, right? You relax, and now all of a sudden you're back at it again, 2 to 4. And now you're back at it again, you know, 7 to 9, Look how much more training I have done by simply starting at four, right? And so now you do that, and as the years go on, the separation that you have with your 
competitors and your peers just grows larger and larger and larger and larger and larger. And by year five or six, doesn't matter what kind of work they do in the summer, they're never going to catch up because they're five years behind. (laughs) A little obsessed, probably. But that was his drive. That's what made him one of the greatest ever is going out and getting that extra work done, outworking the opponent, loving the game so much you want to improve, like Tiger Woods changing your swing at the top of your game, not being complacent. I think about stories uh, about my grandfather. Rural Minnesota had a uh, gas station slash store on the um, border of Minnesota and South Dakota. And he'd be there from 6 a.m. till midnight. Now, things might have been a little different back then, but he was there. And when he was there and he was doing his business, people would come in. And he always wanted to make sure that customer service was top-notch. He had the best of things that he could give to people for them to buy, whatever it was. But he was dedicated to doing the job perfect, 6 a.m. to midnight. Why so late? He wanted to be available for others because he was on a, you know, on the border, so travelers would be traveling by. And he's open in case late travelers passing by needed something. There's always a reason to it, to make it. And people to this day that are still around that remember his gas station, go visit Minnesota and go out to the home place area. And you listen to people talk about that store, that gas station, and the stories that they remember all good stories, nothing negative about it. That's what it's like. When people look at you, you look at Kobe, you look at any of these great people, sure, there's good and there's bad, but what do you remember most? Is it going to be positive? Is your passion, your obsession, your drive going to be positive and have a positive impact, just like these musicians that are sitting in these bars and clubs, allowing others to enjoy their music, having a good time? Lastly, so we've talked about, you know, there is a cost and you're going to have to pay a price. You just have to figure out what price you're willing to pay and how big is that price going to be. Second, if you're not obsessed, then perhaps you're not quite ready to go after it. Obsession is a prerequisite for achieving greatness. And then third, what do you want to attain Everything you want to attain in life, you have to take into account. And then you have to put in 10 times more effort. Because you're going to face 10 times greater resistance than you're prepared for. You think you're prepared for something? You think you're prepared to go after your dream? And then the resistance come. The price that needs to be paid is 10 times greater than you thought. These students wanted to get in the radio but the price to pay was greater than what they wanted to do, wanted to pay. They wanted to go out with their friends on the weekends and not work. They wanted to skip class because it's a 9 a.m. class and who wants to be at school at 9 a.m., right? All these different things. And so you think about Kobe's analogy. You practice from 2 to 12 and then 6 to 8, so you get two, two sessions in, four hours. But then you go four to six, nine to 11, two to four, seven to nine, you get four sessions in. Over a five-year period, people can't catch up because you're too far ahead. Now, that may be extreme, and you may not have the resources, 
Obviously, he has the resources and the means to do that because basketball was his thing. But maybe you have a job because you're still trying to pursue your dream. Like these musicians in Broadway, Bourbon, Beale Street, they've got jobs that to pay their bills, but they go on their own time, play for tips. They're out there hustling, trying to get their passion and make it happen, get that success. Are you willing to do that? Is that something that you would do? You got to ask yourself that. You got to dig deep down inside. And it doesn't matter what age you are. And it could be the simplest of things, too. I mean, think about that. It could be learning a language. It could be playing a guitar, an instrument, just for yourself. It could be a number of things that are small. Or it could be something great like starting a business or moving to the other side of the world. It's up to you. The dream, the vision that you have, it's yours. Go after it. But remember, there is a price to be paid. But how can we go after it? Okay? So let's say we do have the passion. Let's say we do have the drive and we're willing to pay the price. I mean, I went to Iowa, Esterville, Iowa, a place I never even knew existed to start my radio career. And then ended up in western Nebraska, another place where I didn't even know existed before I ended up back in L.A. radio for a number of years. So I paid the price, but it also paid off. But what else is there? How do we find success in these dreams, these goals, these ambitions, this obsession that we have? Well, I think first off, you have to have a growth mindset. Every time I hear growth mindset, I think of something, you know, I don't know, something kind of crazy, but it's not a crazy thing. It's not open-mindedness and accepting everything. It's just having a mindset that will allow you to grow yourself, to live and learn, learn from your experiences. You know, they say that if you do the same thing over and over and over and expect a different result, you do the same thing over and over and over the same way, and you expect a different result, that's insanity. A growth mindset will learn from your mistakes and try something new. A growth mindset will understand the limitations and not push too far, too fast. A growth mindset allows you to adapt. Okay, And some people will say that there's two mindsets generally in life. The fixed, where you're just done. That's it. You're not going to change. You're kind of stubborn and steadfast in your ways. Maybe you drive full force, 1,000 miles an hour into something regardless of the consequences, or maybe you just have no growth at all. You just want to stay stagnant in life. I'm here and I'm good and that's it. I'm not going to risk anything. And then there's a growth mindset, realizing that, yes, life can get better. Yes, life can be different if I want to change things. Working in education, especially in higher learning, you have to push that growth mindset on people. Some people don't think that they can get an education. They don't think they can become successful. I try to push that growth mindset on. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Baby steps, baby steps. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Might take some time, but you can do it. It's like that saying, if you think you can, you probably will. If you think you can't, you probably won't. So why let the contraction, apostrophe T, the contraction, Put you in traction of life. Keep you from moving. So have a growth mindset. 
Another thing we need to do is build mental toughness. We have to believe in ourselves, first of all. There's a lot of times in education where I believe in the student more than the student believes in themselves. And it gets irritating and frustrating because you see potential, but they don't see it in themselves. It's like you want to knock them over the head and show them, hey, you've got greater potential in you than you think. You've got greatness in you. But we have to develop mental toughness, believe in ourselves, keep trying, not give up. Because again, once you give up, now you've quit. Now you've failed. But if you keep going, you keep trying, eventually you will be successful. And you never know when you quit and you stop, the next time you would have tried it, maybe that was the time you were successful. Maybe that was the time you passed the test. Maybe that was the time you achieved the greatness that you wanted. Maybe that was the time that the record executive was there to see you. Got to keep going. Again, realistic expectations, which is what we're going to talk about in a minute, but keep going, keep going, keep going. Got to keep trying. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Like those musicians, as they get older, maybe they're not playing in the same rock band. Maybe they're not touring the rock arenas. But now you start to see people in smaller venues performing, but they're still playing. They're adjusting. So you're building a growth mindset. You're building um, mental toughness. You believe in yourself. You keep trying. The next thing, which I think is key, is you have to set realistic goals. You can't just say, I'm going to take on the world. Well, how are you going to do that? You're going to build a business. How are you going to do that? You're going to get an education. How are you going to do that? You're going to learn to play an instrument. How are you going to do that? You're going to learn a foreign language. How are you going to do that? So you want to set goals, goals that are achievable. And some say they should be very specific. Well, the first thing I need to do to get an education is look for a school. So by this day and time, I'm going to have a school or two picked out. Next, I'm going to enroll. By this date, I'm going to enroll in these couple schools. Then go from there. See where you get accepted. Because you're being very specific in what you want to do, And you're also taking small steps. So these small steps then, okay, the price to pay is just a small step. Maybe $50, $60, which might be a steep for a lot of people too. But, you know, whatever it is to to pay for your uh, tuition fee, you know, that fee that you have to pay just to submit an application. But you're taking small steps too. And then you reward yourself along the way. Hey, got into college. Let people know. I got into a couple schools. Now I need to decide which one. Hey, I took a class and passed it. I took a test and passed it. Hey, that's great. Celebrate. Celebrate that success. Try to do that to reinforce learning because when you get excited about something, you're going to want to do it more. And fortunately, recently in education, I've seen that from a couple students. We found a pathway to success. They've been in class and they've been struggling And then all of a sudden we come up with this new way of doing something and it becomes successful. Now it's a new pathway to academic success. Now they're inspired. 
and they're excited about education again. Another thing you should do is create a strong like group around you, a support group. It could be an emotional support group, people that are there for the ups and downs, the cheers and the tears. Maybe it's people that are experts in the field of whatever it is that you're in, and so they're more of an informational support group. Bounce business ideas off of. Maybe they're a mentor. Maybe they're friends and coworkers, other family around you. Maybe you've got different layers of support groups, ones that are real close that you can get raw and real with, and then others that you're a little bit more guarded, but yet you still want to bounce ideas off of. And so you build a support group. So oftentimes you can't do it on your own. You can't do it alone. We like to. I like to. I think I'm the lone ranger going at it. No tanto. But we need that support group. We need people to fall back on. Say, it's okay. We took a couple steps back. It's okay. We're going to keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Okay, that plan didn't work. What didn't work about it? This, this, and this. Okay, let's regroup. Go forward. And then self-care. Self-care is a big one. We have this obsession driving us, right? And so we keep going and going and going and going. We want to achieve this big goal. We're paying the price because we're obsessed. We're going and going and going. But yet we forget about ourselves. We got to take care of ourselves because if we lose ourselves, we lose the dream. So we got to avoid burnout, We need to manage stress, maybe take care of ourselves physically, mentally, our diet, exercise, maybe stepping back and being not so obsessed. Maybe instead of working from four to six, nine to 11, two to four and seven to nine, as Kobe suggested, maybe we forget the four to six because eh, we're really not morning people. That's okay. Three times might be enough because we're not competing against Michael Jordans and Shaquille O'Neal's and Dwayne Wade's of the world. We might be, but maybe we're not. Maybe our goal is ourselves. You know, whatever that vision, that dream, that obsession, maybe it just has to do with what we do with our lives. Maybe we want to be philanthropic. Maybe we want to help others. Maybe we want to be of service to others. So it's all about us. And that's the dangerous part, too, because if we're trying to serve others, we can get burned out, giving ourselves too much. Having boundaries is important. If you talk to any therapist, they'll tell you to have boundaries. Even therapists have boundaries. And even therapists take care of themselves. Maybe they talk to other people. So, again, it's important that we have self-care so we don't get burned out. Stress doesn't get to us. We manage our time. We have balance. Yeah, sometimes when we're obsessed and we're chasing this big dream, paying these prices, the balance is going to be a little off. Maybe between family and friends and life. When you go to Iowa to start a radio career, you leave your friends and family behind. Maybe you lose track of a couple people because distance will do that. But then you still keep time for family. Connect every once in a while, whether it's once a week, a couple times a week. But whatever it is, you got to manage that time. you got to manage yourself. So you're going to build a growth mindset. You're going to build mental toughness. You're going to believe in yourself and keep trying. Don't give up. You're going to set achievable goals. And these goals are going to be very specific. 
small steps and reward success, reward progress. Create a strong support group, whether that be different groups, maybe one group for the emotional support, one group for the informational support, the business, the expertise support. Maybe they're, these groups have friends, families, coworkers, mentors, different people, all walks of life. And then self-care, taking care of yourself. So you avoid burnout, manage stress, manage time. And then don't forget that diet and exercise. But if you do this, you can. You can become great. You can take that passion and make it happen. You can pursue your dreams. It gives you the ability to go after it with realistic expectations. Knowing that maybe as a 40-year-old something, you're probably not going to make the NBA. You never know. So maybe you don't want to slam the door, but you never know. But probably not. But maybe there's something else that you do. Maybe your success because you have a passion for something. Maybe it's not in the playing, but maybe it's in the coaching or the managing, player development. Maybe you coach younger people, younger athletes, coach them up. Maybe it's in teaching because you have the skills and the knowledge and experience, and now you want to pass it on to other people. Maybe you know how to play the guitar, so now you want to teach somebody else to. So there's a lot of different ways you can take that dream of yours, that passion, that obsession, and make it happen. You just got to figure out what's best for you and how to implement it and cater it to you. But as you sit in these clubs and bars across the country, especially in these places where you know specifically they're trying to get discovered and they're trying to become the next great thing, Realizing the commitment, the passion, the dedication, the price that's being paid, their obsession to try to get there. And you might just enjoy the music. You might just enjoy the art. You might just enjoy whatever it is that you're watching a little bit more because you realize there's more to it than just that moment. That moment's pretty good, right? In a cool air-conditioned bar on Broadway in Nashville, listening to some great music, beating the heat and the humidity, having a good time with some friends. But then you realize what's behind that music coming out of those speakers. And you realize the passion that's in that person, that obsession that's pushing that dream to become a reality. And now you realize the moment is much bigger than what you just thought it was. And you appreciate it a little bit more. This is Two Steps Head Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion Make it happen. Let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom. You can check out our website, RadioWarp.com. That's Radio, W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. There's a few things on there, but if you look for the Two Steps Ahead podcast logo, just click on it, and then our shows come up. You have a Rumble page with all the video of the shows, and then there's an orange bar or something that goes across it. It's our SoundCloud. You click on that. It takes you to the audio version. The audio version you can download, uh, download and take with you on the go. You can also subscribe so that you never miss an episode. But there's a lot of other good things on there as well. It's RadioWarp.com. It's Radio W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. You can also check out our Instagram page, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Everything is TWO when it comes to Two Steps Ahead Podcast. 
Um, you can find us anywhere. You listen to podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartMedia. You can ask Suri, Google. Hey, Suri. Hey, Google. Hey, Alexa, play TWO, Two Steps Head Podcast, and we pop up. Or you can just do an internet search of TWO, Two Steps Head Podcast, and you'll find us there. We're also on Facebook as well. So we are uh, not hard to find. If you want to reach out, you can send us an email. You can either go to you know, Facebook or Instagram and send us a, a message there, or, or you can go to our uh, email address. It's a Gmail, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast at gmail.com. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, what you think. If you have a story to tell, if you um, just need someone to talk to, you're reaching out. If I can't help you, I know a lot of people from various walks of life that might be able to help you. One way or another, I'll get back to you and try to help you as best as I can or direct you to somebody that might be able to. You don't have to go it alone. I can be the start of your support group. I might not be there the whole time. Maybe I will. Maybe I can lead you to somebody else. But reach out. Let me know. And then if you like what you hear and you think others can benefit from it, you can share the message. Let them know that we're here, that we're trying to encourage you to take your passion, make it happen, and let yourself be great. Again, I'd like to thank you for listening. We appreciate it. I know that there's many opportunities to listen to other things out there. When you take the time to listen to this particular show, we truly appreciate it and can't thank you enough. And, uh, We look forward to many more shows sharing with you. And part of the reason why I do this is for myself, trying to take my passion, making it happen. And then hopefully maybe you get something out of it as well. Pick up a nugget here or there and then be inspired and motivate to do something. And then you inspire and motivate somebody. And then it goes on and on and on. So that's the idea behind this. So once again, I'm Son Edom. This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. Hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.